Welcome again to If It Makes Money, the podcast that talks about money. And if it makes money, that's what we do here. We talk about it. Today's episode, we're going to talk about holding our land. Today is a special day, James, for it is January the 16th, 2023. And, of course, we celebrate Martin Luther King, a day befitting Martin King. So today, it's, it's only befitting that we talk about the economics that were left out of the conversation when it comes to equal opportunity in this land. And we want to talk about holding our land. And in in, in talking about holding our land, we got to talk about a little history of our land. That's important. And we got to talk about the systematic way for which America took back, and I do mean took back, the land that was afforded to African Americans after 1864, the Civil Rights, I mean, I'm sorry, the Civil War. (laughs) Then came, once the Emancipation Proclamation came down and the war was over, slave owners gave their slaves a parcel of land upon releasing them from slavery. Not everyone, but a lot of them were given land. And after 1864, and this is where we get into a little bit of history, That land that was given to some of the African-American slaves or former slaves was systematically taken from them. And I'm going to give you a few examples of why or how it was systematically taken from them. 
Many would call them riots. They call them deadliest riots in America. Um, yeah, they were some of the deadliest riots in America that came after the 1864 era. Somewhere around the, the time of 1866, I'm sorry, 1864, 1865, 1866, um, riots became a way of putting African-Americans down. A few of those happened in, let's say, 1921, 22, 23, that era, actually 1919 up to 23. And some of them we've heard about and some of them, some of them we didn't. Um, I'll tell you about the ones where we did and the ones that we didn't, of course. And those are the massacres that happened in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And you'll see some similarities. You'll, you'll hear some similarities insofar as what, what, what goes on today. Um, and we all know about, because it's been advertised, but I, I tell you, it wasn't until my adulthood that I learned about the Tulsa, Tulsa Oklahoma massacre once again in an effort to take back land and I'll tell you exactly how that land was taken back in just a second or Rosewood Florida in 1923 uh, some referred to it as a riot when it was actually a massacre So we, 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 we have these eras in time now where we, t we, we black folks, African-American folks, you call them African-American, black folks, whatever, had parcels of land. And, and let's, let's, let's just go back to uh, 1921. And in 1921, Tulsa, May 31st in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was one of the deadliest, deadliest massacres that could have happened in American history. And, and there have been some deadly battles in American history. When it comes to African-American relations, racial relations in this country, there have been some, some big conflicts. But this one right here in Oklahoma, 39 people died in the violence, from the violence. According to the Red Cross, more than 300 people died that day. And... And the riots got started when a white mob attacked a business and residence in a predominantly African-American Greenwood district, by the way. It usually comes down to, and, and this is where the characterization will, might have some correlation with today's uprisings when they happen. Back then, a black man couldn't look at a white woman. And if he did, they would come to that neighborhood and seek that black man out to take him out. Now, that's the surface 
That's the surface of it all. Because if you were looking for just one black person or one person that committed a crime or whatever the case may be, you would look for that one person. But no, they go for the whole neighborhood. When the Tulsa, Oklahoma, May 31st to June 1st, 1921, occurred, once the, this is, this is horrible, once they burned the town or succeeded in actually wiping out all the businesses, which they were calling Wall Street at the time, black Americans, black Americans, were too afraid to go back and claim their homes, too afraid to go back and claim their land. Too, too afraid to go back and establish their businesses. Guess what? They were too afraid to go back and claim their land. We all know what this country was built on. It's a capitalistic country. For sure. But America's wealth comes from land ownership. And if you decrease the number, decrease the number, you did decrease the economic status of a particular race. You decrease the number of ownerships. You decrease their ability to become wealthy. Because that is how America became wealthy. Off the land. You know, you can say about, you know, the manufacturing and all the, the jobs and, and today's reports and those kinds of things but when we when we came to America it was to seek a better land land that we owned that land could have oil on it i.e. Texas that land could have gold on it i.e. California land is the wealth of America and that brings me to, again, holding our land. Now, if you think about what, what I just talked about as far as Tulsa, Oklahoma, we want to talk about Rosewood for just a second. And that's in 1923. So we, we're not far off in the dates. But the very same thing, the same set of circumstances that we look, that we look at in Rosewood, we look at in in in, in um, Tulsa, okay, same kind of situation. A black man decided he wanted to look at a white woman or a black man uh, being pulled over by a, a, a white cop and displays any kind of anger or animosity whatsoever, right? It doesn't matter. It, it, it still comes down to a racial, pr 
profile, if you will. But once again, after that massacre happened, black Americans for whom were were murdered and, and, and beaten and raped and all of those kinds of things were absolutely terrified of going back, just like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Terrified of going back. And they didn't go back to claim their homes, which were burned out. They didn't go back to claim their businesses, which were burnt down. They didn't go back to claim their, 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 their land. Systematically taken away from you. Systematically. And so while I point out, while I point out the major massacres that have happened over the last hundred years or so, it's a systematic way for which it goes on in small neighborhoods as well, in, in, in places that you don't get the recognition. I mean, it's been happening in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, South Carolina, even North Carolina, for which I reside right now, Virginia. I mean, I can name some spots even in places where I come from, Richmond, Virginia, Shaco Bottom, where slaves came through there, and 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 most were living in 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 Chimborazo and and, and that area, Church Hill, and those kinds of areas. And if you go and look at those areas today that were predominantly black homes, and you will not find too many of black ownership in that area. Systematically. Taking your neighborhoods from you right before your eyes. And sometimes it's a matter of once we acquire your neighborhood, once we acquire your place of, of residency or your businesses, then you will not have the opportunity to get it back because you can't afford it. So holding your land, and I, I try to get my pods out in at least 20 minutes. I don't, I don't like to take too much of your time. I, I want to just kind of get per peruse over some things and then we'll get back to the substance of it all once we sit down in our our meetings from time to time and and and, and share information, share opportunities and, and, and this is what we do when we get into the pledge challenge and, and that kind of thing for what you see on the front side of our, our our podcast, which basically is just an invitation to come and talk to us. Establish a network of folk that we can do the same things that they do and we can do them together. It's a hard thing to go out and buy a piece of land just by yourself or a piece of property by yourself or a commercial building by yourself. And this is what Martin Luther King was trying to tell us before when we did marches, marches on Washington, million man marches and those kinds of things. You can't do a whole lot of things as one person, but if you can put a hundred people together, Imagine what you can do. So like-minded people are what we are right now. We're like-minded people. 
and if it take if it makes money. This podcast is about putting together like-minded people to talk about the things that make money. Because if it makes money, it makes sense. If it don't make money, it don't make sense. And ain't no use in talking about it. No use in talking about not making any money. If it don't make money. Okay? So, one of the things that we've done is partnered with the Black Land Buyers of America Incorporated. One, one more time. One more time. Black Land Buyers of America Incorporated. Okay? And... We go as far as trying to put together equity funds, private equity funds, real estate equity funds, those kinds of things that make money in volume. One individual, yeah, we, we've got plenty of property here, plenty of property there, but onesie twosies is not how you make your money. I know there's a lot of real estate courses out there and land buyer courses out there that you can go and take a look at and be like, okay, well... Um, I got to go borrow money from grandma and I got to, it's just a process. It's a process. But imagine, just imagine how, how are they able to put together the kind of funds that they put together to buy neighborhoods? That one piece of land that your grandma owned, that you, that, that, that was left to you and you decided that you said you wanted to sell it. And, and you sold it to a developer and a developer has a fund, a private equity fund. He has about a hundred people in that private equity fund and they can come along and guess what? They take your five acres of land and put a high rise on it or they put uh, a, a thousand unit uh, apartment complex on it. And you look, you scratching, your, you should be scratching your head, but you ought to be scratching your head like they gave me $50,000 for that property. I could have gotten a million. I could have gotten two million. I could have gotten three million. Or I could have talked to Black Lion Bowers of America and they could have at least gave me some advice on what to do with the land or how to go about being more profitable. And that's what you want to do. You want to, if it makes money, you want to talk about it. So Black Land Buyers of America Incorporated, that's something that you might want to consider if you have property, if you have land. Before you decide that you just want to sell it to anybody, hold our land because it's very profitable. My pastor once told me, he said, you know, um, first thing you must have is you must have a vehicle to get you from one place to another place to from A to B. And sometimes that means building a business apparatus to get you from point A to point B. And what I mean by that? I mean, you have to have a separate entity. As I, in my first podcast, I talked about how to make, how to set up a business in five easy steps. You might want to go back and check that one out. But have an apparatus ready to transfer wealth from one place to another. Individually is good, but have a, have, have a, have a vehicle to put you from one place to the other. And most of the time, it's almost a C corporation or an LLC or a sole proprietorship. As long as you have a, a vehicle set up, then you're ready to go at any time when the opportunity comes available to you. But if you if you have land, you have money. And like I said, once my that 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 same pastor also told me, he said, buying property now is not. Buying land now is not the kind of land that you want to buy to develop right now or, or to, to, to do a house on or whatever the case may be. 
buy your land and hold it for a hundred years. Well, God's pastor, I'm not going to be here in a hundred years. I don't think God willing and the creek don't rise, but I don't think I'm going to be in it. But so what do you do? You, your, your, your land is your wealth. Even if you have to don't look, if you might be, you might be a, a single person and don't have family and that kind of thing. You wondering, how do I get my land to be held in a place where I know it's going to be wealthy for my constituents, my people. And that's where we're not ashamed to be associated with a company named Black Land Buyers of America Incorporated. Because we got to hold that land. That land is worth something. And, it's, and, and you may think, okay, they give it, they, they, they're offering me $5,000 for that land. That land could be worth $50,000 to them. But it's only $5,000 to you. And they're going to make you feel like it's only worth that amount to you. That's the systematic way of taking something from you and doing something totally different with it. And it does not benefit you whatsoever. It's important to hold our land. We'll get back into a little bit more of our podcast in, in, in another podcast or two, a little bit more in depth in the structuring of an investment type of organization or type of fund that will catapult you from that individual person trying to buy a house and flip, house and flip, house and flip, or or, or, or fix and flip, I'm sorry, fix and flip, fix and flip, one-on-one, one-on-one, that is a tall task. Wholesaling, I know a little something about wholesaling. That is a tall task. Do your first wholesale. You know, you guys get, get together, five of you guys, 15, 15, 20 of you guys get in the room. Let's talk about it, okay? I'll tell you how to get that one wholesale, but what to do with it after that is what you do because they think wholesaling is hard. Wholesaling is truly hard. Buying and selling is truly hard. Fixing and flipping is totally hard for one individual to just continue to do that. It's backbreaking. I know. I've done it. That's why I always have to give full full disclosure. And I didn't do that in the beginning, but let me do that right now. Full disclosure. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a real estate agent, and I don't profess to be. I just give you information that uh, I've earned and learned over the years. Full disclosure. Holding our land. It's very important to even, it's it's just really important to think about. It's important to know that it's important, that, that that it's worth something to our people, to you. So hold on to your land. If you have some land that's available right about now, give us a call at Black Line Buyers of America. That's easy. You just Click on to the website. It's called blacklandbuyers.com. Once again, blacklandbuyers.com. Blacklandbuyers.com. Hit the contact button. Set up a time for us to talk. We'll ask, I'll, you, if you, even if you want to talk to the big Papa Dollar, I will talk to you. Holding our land. It's very important to me. On this day, Martin Luther King's birthday, Happy birthday to you. I hope everybody, within the sound of my voice, 
have an awesome, awesome day. From its, if it makes money, Big Papa Dollar. Thanks for listening. The boy became a grown-up man The moment that they said you never can They said you never